Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincey. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? You're good by the next day, as long as you had a, a sandwich and a nap. So you gotta you gotta tell me if the mixer is loud enough. All right, welcome. Uh, disclaimer: This podcast is informational in nature only, uh, and this is a dramatization of <laughs> events that may or may not have occurred. It is not a reflection of actual events. And our contractors did not endorse this behavior or anything like this. They explicitly said otherwise. Alleged behavior. Alleged behavior. Yes, alleged. Um, okay, so yeah, today we're gonna talk about. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's kind of, uh, this is kind of just, <laughs> what is it? We would consider this a, uh, um, we're just venting session. That's what I would say it is. Um, yeah. So we're just going to talk about the process of, uh, moving a gym <laughs> and this, this one, uh, specifically cause it was fun. Um, first, uh, this is <laughs> the second time, uh, this is the second time I've moved a gym. Uh, the first time, uh, we moved, uh, OPT was, uh, from the original, or this actually the second location, but um, the one that was on my brother's compound in uh, Bears Paw, Calgary. So it was in like a little, um, a little house type thing. Um, and so if you see, if you've ever seen any of his older videos, then that's um, that's where the gym used to be. It was this little tiny house. And then when I became owner in 2012, uh, the first thing I decided to do was move the business. Uh, to, um, um, I guess a more suitable location for what the plans were was obviously to grow and develop. And we did. And, uh, we were in that location from 2012 till 2023. And now we've moved, uh, to the Northeast part of the city. Um, yeah. So when I, when we first moved this business, the, again, the point was to move to progress. And that was, that was it. Cause I just thought that if we were to stay, on my brother's property, we were stuck. We weren't going to progress because there was a lot of constraints on it, uh, and it was very small. Um, and I don't actually think you were allowed to do it, so that's another, that's another little thing. <laughs> um, but that's so long ago now that doesn't matter, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, and then pretty much um, we signed our uh, yeah we signed a. I signed the last lease at the previous place back in 20, uh, 2018. And at that time, I was, even though I signed it, I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I should sign this. If I should, like, what, what am I going to do? Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I haven't, I didn't have any plan to do at that time or what I was, I, I, yeah, I just, I just didn't have any planned. And so time came and I was like, okay, let's just re-sign the lease and let's do it. And then, and that was a five-year term. So, and then probably halfway through that, 2020, 2021, more so 2020 is when it actually really struck me, was that uh, basically, like, um, we're not going to, there's no point, like, there's no point um, for us to keep doing what we're doing. And the next level of progression is for us to stop leasing or stop renting and to just buy a facility. 
um, because it, it, there's a lot. I guess there's a lot of things that factored into it, but just the way that we modeled our business and the services and the service costs was based on a certain amount of overhead fee. And if you're involved in leasing or you know how that works, what like the way it's going to work and specifically where we were, it was just going to continually go up and up and up and up. And so, and then I was through the course of, um, the COVID stuff and, you know, uh, your gym being closed for three months and still being, uh, you know, you have still being forced to pay for the facility you can't even use really put me over the edge of like, we're not doing this anymore. This is not happening. Um, and obviously the landlord wasn't real, uh, forgiving whatsoever that's putting it <laughs> putting it very kindly um yeah so basically uh this this started like three years ago pretty much almost um and now we're at a point where we're actually in our new facility and so we'll fast forward to uh maybe last year this time last year when i can't remember exactly when uh we started looking for a facility but it was but it's probably this time last year. Uh, yeah, I'll just pass it off to Scott and he can uh, just say what he remembers about starting to search for a new facility. So basically, before I do that, it was like, you think that, like, I guess my assumption was, okay, it's after the pandemic here in Calgary, there'll be tons of places to buy. There'll be lots of options. And there definitely was not. And so we're going to go through some of the the trials and tribulations and the gaffes of uh, over the last year, because there is plenty. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I guess it kind of started, like Mike said, like years ago, but then he and I really started talking about it this time last year about, okay, if we're serious about this, then we need to, we probably need to start looking and seeing what's out there. Because the last thing we want to do is be in a position where we have to be out of our current lease and we don't have a space to move into, right? And so I was like, ah, oh, we've got lots of time. And Mike's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe we should, maybe we should uh, just start looking, uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, if we have a place secured early, that's better than not having a place at all. So we started looking and there really wasn't that much. Like we, we employed the services of uh, someone we knew here in Calgary to help us find a place. And, you know, they kind of put you on a list and they send you listings and some were just, yeah, it's just, you get everything, right? So some are just like an absolute no. Some are like, oh, that, that'd be great, but it's in a poor location, city, whatever. So anyway, we start, we start looking at places just to get an idea of what's out there. And we realized that to check all the boxes that we wanted in terms of size, price, location, it was really like trying to find a needle in a haystack, even for a big urban center like Calgary and there is a lot of industrial space just none that really suited our needs um and then we slowly started we found one that was kind of that would kind of work and so then we started like kind of the process of like okay now we need to reach out to banks and get pre-approval like you would if you're like buying a house and we thought oh this will be easy like we've been in business for you know a dozen years and we have you know good financials and you know it's not like we're a new business starting up and blah 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 whatever and we were foolish to think that (laughs) (laughs) and as we progressed uh we realized that this is exactly why people don't buy commercial real estate that often 
because it's an absolute pain in the ass and they make you jump through a thousand different hoops to try and get anywhere even remotely close to getting like approved financing so um yeah so that i mean that was the that was honestly the biggest headache for for me i knew we would probably find a space um and we did obviously and we procured financing but it, it we went down the road with you know one potential uh financier lender and then it's just yeah like kind of doing this process and our due diligence so we need this from you guys we need this 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 and then we provide all that information to have them say oh by the way we can't lend to you (laughs) because of the neighboring business beside you is an auto body shop and we're like okay but the neighboring business behind beside us now is an auto body shop (laughs) and like they own the building i'm assuming or what about this place down the street and like anyway it was just it was a it was a complete gong show so it's just it's like so they're just like no we're washing our hands with it we can't help you guys and neither can these guys or these guys or these guys just so you know and so we're like okay so then we after doing you know a month and a half of legwork we were back at the drawing board and starting from square one um which was just the first of many hiccups along the way but um yeah i'll pass it back over to mike Okay, we're still doing the lead up here, which we'll get to the good stuff in a bit. But I just need to continue venting about this. <clears throat> yeah, so after that first location, which actually was a pretty big facility, it was old as the hills, but it was a pretty big facility, nice location. Um, but then, yeah, the bank said, oh, yeah, FYI, we're not going to lend you, which is really good. Um, so I think when they when they told us that, that took us to, like, mid-July. They were like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we've been stringing you along for six weeks, and, yeah, we're not going to do that. And so, but we knew we're like, we have to have a place like bought within like the next eight weeks. Like we need to do this. Like that. So the the funny thing about the funny thing about that was, so we were dealing with one person at the bank and then we reached out with, you know, a follow-up. She was on vacation. Her coworker responded to the email and said, "Uh, I don't know why you guys are pursuing this. We can't lend on this. And so <laughs> I was just like, this is the first hint of the amount of incompetence that we dealt with this entire process. Anyway, that's how the, that's how the first one went down. Uh, I need to call you quick um, to talk about this lending because this actually isn't feasible on our end. And I don't know why so-and-so didn't tell you this. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I remember asking that person going, okay, just to clarify, like all of Northeast, all of Northeast Calgary is effectively neighbored by an auto body shop. So you're saying that nobody can receive lending in Northeast Calgary if they're a fitness facility or something like that? Like, is that what you're saying? And she goes, yeah, like if you're within, if you're near any of these facilities, we won't do it. It's like, okay. Um, so again, that was like mid-July. I was on vacation in uh, Invermere, BC uh, with my uh, family. And uh, actually, no, that was, that, that was, that's actually a little ahead. But then uh, the second place we went to look this is when we actually had a contractor come with us. Um, he came to the new, the other location to help us out, and he was kind of giving us a budget and looking at it, and we were like, okay, we don't really love this place because the location is not great, the parking is not that great, but it's kind of okay, and we're getting to crunch time, so we were uh, you know, at least thinking about it. And then 
like the first bright spot in the whole process was him emailing us and go, listen, you do not want to buy this place because as this place develops and as the other buildings develop, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to the parking. This is what's going to happen to the condo board. So you do not want to be involved in this. Please get out of it. Um, and that was like the first inkling of, oh, okay. So this guy actually saved us a, a big problem here. So that was good. On to the next location. I'm on, I'm on vacation in, uh, again, with my family in Invermere, BC. Just something scrolling around because I can't stop thinking about it. Um, this little facility pops up in my feed. Um and I sent it to Scott. Like, actually, I called the guy right away. I can't remember the guy's name. The, the realtor wasn't he? Martin. Martin. <laughs> Martin. He's a good dude. He's got to be like seventy, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I called Martin, and I was like, "Hey, just to clarify, because like one of the th- another another part of this process is you read like you read the details in the facility, and they're not even right <laughs> on like the listing. You go, "Hey, I just need to clarify because I've been over this a few times now." The size of the facility is this, right? He's like, "Oh no, no, no! That's just the floor. That's just the bottom of the of the of the space." I'm like, "Oh, okay. So the upstairs is in addition to this." He's like, "Yeah, it's what it says." I'm like, "It does not say that. It it says the place is this size." And so again, this is just a common theme um, that will run that runs through the entire process of nonstop problems. Um, and he just like you can only laugh as to how that seems like literally a decade ago yeah. I called him and that was that was nine months ago. Yeah. It feels like a decade has passed. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we came here, went for a look, and we got some videos of the place of the initial part. And that we, again we sent to our contractor. He came by and got some stuff. We're actually gonna post those videos uh, in comparison to what it looks like now because the place uh, does not look like what it does look like now. Um, we pretty much. Like, yeah, we put lipstick on a really good looking pig. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> We're like, we had to like rip this place to pieces. Yeah, and more than it's more <laughs> than, uh, anyway, we had, we, we actually, we had to deconstruct the pig and <laughs> turn it into something else because it was mangled. Um, and that's where it gets really funny. <laughs> so fast forward to the process of, okay, now we own this place. And then uh, we're going to try to organize a construction date and when they're going to start. Oh, man. <laughs> they were supposed to start before, yeah. like after New Year's. Yeah, so we get possession of this place. Well, you got to include the budget part. December 15th of 2022. And so our lease expires uh, February 28th, 2023 at our old location. So. We're like, okay, perfect. That'll work out timing-wise. We get in. The contractor assured us it would be up to four weeks to reno this, to demo this place, reno it, and and get it operational for an open start date of March 1st. Plenty of time. Don't worry about it. We're like, sweet. And so he said, just let me know when you guys take possession, uh, when you get the keys, and then we'll line up when we start uh, our work. And we said, perfect. So we got on the 15th. And we said, we got possession. He said, okay, I just got to get some, there's a whole thing, you know, we got to get permitting through the city. So that's a whole ordeal. Um, so he started that early prior to us getting possession. So we had it. Long story short, we get it. Contractor says, uh, we will be in there before the new year. Cause we're like, oh, sweet. Cause we're thinking, hey, it'll start the first week of January after the new year, after the holiday, whatever. We'll be in there between Christmas and new year's. We'll start doing some work. We're like, okay, sweet. This is, we're going to be in this place like by mid to end February. And so 
on the whiteboard, if anyone listening to this is a client of ours from the old facility and a current client of ours at this facility, will remember that we had, we're moving and a potential move date and it was pretty precise and then it changed. It was still kind of precise (laughs) and then it changed again to (laughs) the absolute last possible day (laughs) that we could operate out of our old location. So anyway, so um, yeah, Christmas comes and goes and they, the week between Christmas and New Year's, they don't come. And then January 2nd, I think they dropped off one of those like industrial commercial garbage bins because we were going to do some demo work on our own um, just to cut down on the demo budget. And he said, here's a bin. Um, you guys can start doing your thing and we'll be we'll be back in to do our work. And we're they like, said we'd be back Tuesday. Yeah. And so we thought we only had like five days. Yeah. And so they put the bin in, I think, on the 2nd of January and then they came back in... They had an electrician come in and pull out some old electrical work that didn't need to be done in that first week. And then they came back three weeks later (laughs) (laughs) to start to start their work that they were going to start between Christmas and New Year's. So um, we're now three and a half weeks behind schedule already. (laughs) They haven't even done (laughs) anything. Um, And that was yeah, that was the beginning of the relationship with the contractor and many, many, many more interactions. And it's 50 percent more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that's this is the last thing I'll say before I get Cat and Jason to start telling some funny stuff. Um, yeah, so like the reason we started doing some of the demos because apparently inflation in uh, in the construction business is like insanity. If you think the inflation rate is like six seven percent right now in construction, it's like that per month. It's <laughs> like. The, f- the things like some things doubled in cost in four months on a budget. You go, how does that even happen? And he's like, I don't know, man, but this is what it costs for us to buy it now. And you go, that went from 9000 to $18,000 in three months. How is that possible? <laughs> like, how does that even happen? And so that was like, that was the impetus to go, okay, what can we do to try to cut down some of the costs? Because this is nuts. And there were, and he's like, well, remember Mark, Mark, uh, was one of the other guys. He's, he's a great guy to deal he's with. A he's a project manager. He's a great guy to deal with. And I was like, can we do some of this demo work? And he's like, listen, if you could put your pants on, you can do the demo work <laughs> because you're, because that's what basically all I expect from some of the other people that come here. I'm like, okay, then we can do it. Um, and remember one of the first things I did, remember I went to rent one of those tile things, those tile chippers. That was, day two. <laughs> that was like day two. Yeah. Or, yeah uh, yeah okay so this is where it starts he's like oh the the project manager comes in and goes okay you guys can start taking down uh taking down these walls take up this tile take this down and go from there so uh one of my first memories of what of things going wrong was watching jason take the tile up and going this is not going to take five days <laughs> i don't know what do you do for christmas <laughs> yeah the uh, the magical tile vibrating machine thing <laughs> did not move a single tile, so I had to get on my hands and knees and chip every single tile off the floor. So when people are drinking out of that water fountain, <laughs> yeah, made that I, I, it's not even recognizable. I I can't even believe what it looked like. Is all the area that we had to tear up by hand. This was yeah, it was not a five day project. I mean, Christmas Eve was funny. 
we uh michael and i were were in (laughs) yeah we were we were tearing down walls just easy stuff at first and then a couple hours into it we're like okay cool it's christmas eve let's go like grab a beer and a chicken sandwich at citizen right across the street and we sat down (laughs) we started talking to this uh inebriated santa who was (laughs) was sitting at the bar he was very jolly um (laughs) yeah he was wrecked it was it was good times. It was a good way to start the whole process. But then the the next was it the next day? Was it two days later? It must have been because that was, was, I don't think it was Christmas. No, no, it was like yeah, it was like Boxing Day or something like that. We just started in there in hours of grunting, ripping stuff apart. It was not fun. Yeah. No, that was yeah. Cat. One of my my favorite memory of Cat was throwing the tiles off yeah. the mezzanine. Okay, so w- w- as Mike said, we'll we'll post videos to the, our social media page uh, about what it looked like beforehand. But it was a woodworking shop before, and it was a woodworking shop that had been here since this building was built. So it was like twenty five years. This place has been here. It looked like Pablo Escobar's cocaine house, but it was just it was sawdust. Yeah, there was sawdust everywhere. Yeah. like literally sawdust everywhere. So. Yeah, so sawdust everywhere and like wood, like you could, like you would, you would run into wood if you stepped three feet in any direction. And so it was just, it was a mess. And he took all of his stuff out with him, but then like there was, it was just, it's a woodworking shop for 25 years. There's, there's stuff everywhere. So uh, we'll, we'll post videos of that. But so there's a mezzanine where he had like part of his woodworking shop. It was like a ventilation thing that he had built like an additional mez onto the mezzanine that exists where our offices are. So, Anyway, that had to get ripped down because it was impeding too much of the gym space. Like, you wouldn't have been able to operate a gym out of here with that mezzanine in there. So, like, we had to take out all the non-load-bearing walls downstairs and then, like, work on taking this mezzanine out, which this is, like, the <laughs> this is the most hilarious part of the whole thing, and I'm not going to get into it right now. We'll get into it in a sec. I'm just painting the picture here. But the most amount of work went into that mezzanine, and we thought, like, that was going to be the easy part and that we were just going to – take out a couple things and they were going to come in with, I don't know, something and rip the mezzanine out. And that definitely wasn't what they thought. <laughs> they thought we were going to do much more. So then that was a very much back and forth uh, thing between us and the project manager. But um, there was a spray booth in there, the spray booth that this guy used to like treat his woodworking stuff. And it was like, think of like, I don't, I don't even know. Like a, like a, like a, like a stand up tanning booth inside of a, inside of a, bunk you know inside of a bunker it was like encased in this metal and they're like yeah yeah just just take that out and once you guys take that out then we can take out the mezzanine and we're like okay that seems easy enough and there's about a thousand bolts in this thing holding it in place and then i don't know what else but it was like a puzzle piece that they like built into this space it did not move at all so we'd spent like jason had spent some time in there well, quite a bit of time. I had spent like two hours taking all these bolts out, thinking like, fuck me, I'm making great progress here on this thing. Like this thing is slide right out of here. And I get all the bolts out and the thing doesn't move. And it's like, I literally just wasted two hours of my time when I could have been smashing up tile with Jason. Um, anyway, so that was, um, that was part of the mez. Um, so we had to get, hire someone to come in and take out that spray booth. And once that was out, then it was like free reign because not only was the tile on the floor and the and the main level, there was tile the entire mezzanine to the spray booth that, again, had to be taken up by hand with a hammer and a chisel. And, of course, safety goggles. We always wore oh, safety goggles time. and gloves, always. 
and ear protection yeah. always. always we had multiple multiple pairs of that kicking around just in case we lost one of course um but i'll let cat kind of take over here and talk about uh before we forget i want you to tell so i'll tell the story about how we sold the steering oh yeah okay so <laughs> that's that's a great story actually so part of this mez before i hand it over to cat part of this mez there was a 16 step solid wood staircase going from the mez to the main level they were solid like real solid <laughs> and so they're like, okay, we'll take the stair. You guys take all the walls out of the me- off the meds and and we'll take the stairs off. But you guys got to take the floor up and blah blah blah. So they come in. They hire a guy to come in, take the stairs down. He takes the stair to- stairs down and just lays them on the floor. And we're like, okay, so now we have this probably four hundred pound set of stairs at least that's just sitting in the middle of the gym amongst all the other garbage. And we're like, how the hell are we gonna get this out of here? And, like, we had salvaged some stuff, like some doors and stuff like that, where the contractors like, if you can salvage that, like, contractors will buy that stuff from you guys. We're like, okay, sure. So we had, like, doors piled up and, like, some drywall and stuff that we had saved. And and it's kind of sitting around. And we're like, what are we going to do with these stairs? Like, they're not going to fit in this bin. They're, like, four or 500 pounds. And we're like, why don't we try and sell them, like, the doors? Like, someone will buy the staircase. And we're like, no. No one's going to buy it. So we post it and just like, yeah, we'll try it. And sure enough, this company this theater company from lethbridge alberta which if you don't know alberta drumheller sorry drumheller if you don't know alberta it's like northeast of calgary this like small town it's like super cool area but this theater company that operates out of drumheller we're like yeah we'll buy those stairs because they wanted it as a theater prop (laughs) and i was like we're like okay this is the price we're like okay cool we'll send a guy we'll send a truck up to get it and so i was here doing some work this was like near in the end when they came and picked up the stairs they've literally been sitting on the floor for like six weeks this guy comes with a with a lift like a truck with a lift gate on it and he's got to be 60 65 years old and he's like yeah i'm here to pick up some stairs and i was like oh sweet i'm like are you by yourself he goes yeah why are they heavy <laughs> and i was like uh yeah they're quite heavy he's like oh okay he's like well can you help me i'm like i can try but i think it's gonna take more than us Anyway, so he wheels the truck around the back and puts his gate down and he goes to pick it up and he just curses like, holy, whatever, these are heavy. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I wasn't lying. Like we've been moving this thing back and forth, like building out this wall. Like it was literally like the biggest headache with these things in the gym because it was just in the way constantly. So anyway, he gets, we get it pushed over to the gate and we get it loaded with the help of one of these um subcontractors that were on site that were literally just standing there watching us until we said hey do you mind uh giving us a hand here we're clearly struggling and like oh yeah i guess we could help and uh anyway he loaded those stairs up paid me paid them paid the money and took off to drum heller for uh, a new theater prop for his uh, theater company but that was the stairs i can't even picture those guys like trying to get it out once they got to drum heller oh um how big was the stair set like how many stairs was it 16 steps but it was dude it was solid like well, the top it was 12 feet up to the mezzanine yeah 12 yeah 12 feet high so they staircase went to the floor 12 feet yeah that's huge yeah yeah um i just i just want you to tell the story of taking the drywall <laughs> yeah i was gonna talk because we haven't really mentioned that Halfway through this project, we decided we wanted to save material that was what I to, add to. <laughs> save costs. So, like, <laughs> the first <laughs> the first couple 
I would say week when we were like taking down the drywall we we're like oh, okay let's have fun with it we're like kicking the walls like punching it with hammers and then all of a sudden we're like oh the budget changed <laughs> let's try and save this drywall so at this point we have a skyjack like Jason and I are like 25 feet in the air unscrewing this drywall and then like holding it with our fingertips as we try and slowly lower the skyjack down again just a reminder this is a dramatization of, of what there may have happened the skyjack you're not allowed to be four feet off oh, the yeah. ground without we, a harness. we had a helmet on full hockey gear on actually yeah. we were wearing that <laughs> um, thing so so yeah and like taking down there was like two layers of drywall and everything this, everything yeah. Jason and I were there until like 10 p.m. like every night. <laughs> couldn't straighten our spines the next morning because <laughs> we couldn't. We were holding these drywalls up like with our heads, with our helmets on. We had our helmets on. Um, <laughs> holding the drywall with our heads. And then when we took the mezzanine down, oh. we were trying to save the two by eights or whatever they were. Yeah. Floor yeah. <laughs> but we, at this point, taking the mezzanine down, there's no railing. Right, yeah, no railing, no a, stairs. Foot drop. <laughs> okay. So there's two guys underneath, Scott and Jason, with the whole, right? yeah, on the scissor lift, holding up the floor joists, and then me on the top, safely. Okay, hey, you, had, you, had, you had to cut the floor <laughs> yeah. board. So, so we took the stairs out, so you could only access it by going up the long way. There's no railing, so it's totally exposed. You're standing up there. We're taking up as much of the floor as we can. We're, we're trying to take the floor up from the top, but the floor was all nailed and glued down. So we're like, okay, this is, we can't do this. We're not going to be able to salvage this. Let's just rip this mezzanine out because well, they're leaving that up to us. It took a day unscrewing all the floor before we realized we couldn't salvage yeah, it. Before so. we realized it was glued down <laughs> and then screwed down. <laughs> so there's a theme here of like, you know, you know, incompetency early on <laughs> with, with third parties, but then we're guilty of that too. <laughs> but then also a theme of doing way too much extra work that needed need to be done if we knew what we were doing. Anyway, so then uh, before I give it back to Kat, so there's this totally exposed. We couldn't get the floor ripped up. So then we were like, okay, so let's just rip this mezzanine down. But how are we going to do that? Well, we got to take it out in chunks. So we had two skill saws, <laughs> mining cats. And so we cut strips through the floor from up top through the floorboard and then we went underneath with a reciprocating saw if you know what that is and cut the floor joists one by one yeah and i think jason was just like holding the floor joist on his head and then scott <laughs> was holding it up and then i would be sawing it through until eventually they were holding the whole thing and then you would like slowly try and move the skyjack. Rest, rest it on the skyjack, <laughs> and then lower the skyjack, and then dump it onto the floor, and then go back up. Yeah. <laughs> for the next piece. Did we end up using that wood? Uh. I don't know if we did. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. Yeah, I was. But we took the hell out of that mess. Yeah. We took it down. Uh yeah, that was a good a good evening for sure. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite memories is there was a exit sign up on the mezzanine, and for some reason Michael was like, "I need to get this exit sign off the wall," and for like I think three hours, <laughs> I have a video of him just like with a crowbar smashing <laughs> at this exit sign, <laughs> just swearing. Did you get it down? No, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> 
The exit sign was like connected to a conduit. Like you couldn't pull it out. You had to take all the electrical out. It wasn't just like 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 plugged into a something like that. It was like it was part of the con. It was hardwired in. But it was like that's. But it took me hours to do that. Yeah. To realize that. It took me hours to realize that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. So then there's like, so there's like, um, in commer- a lot of commercial spaces, there's like, uh, like, like tin framing or steel framing instead of wood framing like you see in a house. And so this, um, this spray booth that I referenced earlier was kind of like surrounded by a wall, which we took all the drywall out, and then we had this metal framing that we had to come down off the mez before we could take the mezzanine floor out before we realized we couldn't take the mezzanine floor out. And so I w- I decided because we couldn't, we could get the side rails of the sidewall off, but we couldn't get the top off because it was connected to s- one of the, one of the trusses or something. Right. And then to the, to this wall. And so I went up to like take the, Oh, there was, there was wood on top of it. There was like a, like a ceiling on top of it. So I got up on top of the, uh, on top of the ceiling to unscrew it to then like pull it off and throw it down and then somehow climb down when I was no longer standing <laughs> on a ceiling but just a steel frame of a wall and ceiling and Jason had to convince me that that was a dumb idea <laughs> and that I probably shouldn't do that and anyway so I, I took his advice and it's probably why I'm here on this podcast today <laughs> but uh, the, the tile thing so the tile so before we realized we couldn't rip up the floor and we were trying to take the tile off of it to rip up the floor. Um, anyways, so we smashed up all the tile. And so we literally, so we spent a day smashing up the tile. And then it was a day of literally taking the tile that we took off the floor and taking that pile of tile and throwing it, Launching it into the from the top of the mez that it was just secured to into the bin. And so Michael and Kat were spent probably hours up there just like frisbee tossing these broken pieces of tile from one end of the gym to the other trying to get it into this uh commercial garbage bin but uh anyway so that's yeah i mean there's many funny memories um of the whole thing my favorite one is taking that mezzanine floor out because it was just like a comedy of errors and like oh no that won't work we can't do it that way let's try it this way is your hand there? Because I'm going to start cutting. Like that was a phrase that was muttered more times than I like to like to admit. Well, I um, can't see through the wood. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so that that day with Cat and Jason was my favorite day. Just taking yeah. that mezzanine floor out. But yeah. and it sounds like Cat's was what was yours? Oh, Michael's side. Uh, and I'll let uh, I'll let Michael and Jason share theirs, and then we'll get into uh, the actual build out of the place because this is still just the demo. Well, I don't. Well, well, okay. What happened after that then? Because I was gonna get right into just the story about one of the buildouts. Because it was I wanted to, I want to tell the story about the screws. Well, let Jason tell his favorite day of demo. No, that's okay. <laughs> Jason's favorite day of demo was Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm gonna fast forward a bit. If you, if, whenever you see videos that we'll post now, you'll see like this big white background, and it looks like uh, uh it's good. Look, there's like, is it half inch puck board on there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Oh yeah, so quarter inch puckboard is on the. Uh, you'll just see behind people lifting. People will do wall balls against it, or they'll be doing handies against it. That type of stuff. So you'll see it, but that wall, of course, we had to build that out. Um, meaning that, like, 
if like you could rip that wall off and then there's the actual wall behind it so that that little wall is like six inches thick basically um and of course it's not even it's not it's not uniform the whole way down so we had to like angle it and anyway it was quite the process but so myself and scott were like okay let's get that wall we're gonna not put this wall up and get this done real quick today and then so i was like okay i'll just hop down to rona and go get some screws no big deal and I come back and then we have all we have all the wood, we have all the two by four we need. Scott starts screwing uh the screws in from through the two by four into the metal studs. And we go, Okay, here we go. And we put put it on and uh yeah, the screws don't work. It's like, okay, um that's not good. <laughs> so we <laughs> So, so then fasten yeah. it to the stud and then literally I fasten it to the stud and then I literally just go to check to see how secure it is and I pull the two by four right off of the wall. Then I went to Rona, which is a hardware store again, and got different screws. And what happened? They didn't even penetrate the steel stud this time. <laughs> so it went from penetrating a hole, like a boring hole. They were called boring screws. Those are the ones they gave us initially. And again, we don't know what we're doing, but the people That's that at the hardware store should know what they're doing. Anyway, so they gave us boring screws. So it literally just bore a hole and then you could pull it off the wall, which is what happened the first time. And then the second ones wouldn't even penetrate the steel stud. Okay. And these screws are like, what, $80 for 100 screws? Yeah. yeah so they don't work. <laughs> okay. So that's a full day literally gone. We didn't, I don't know what we got done uh, messing around with that. We spent hours before we realized this is not going to work. And then we locate, finally located, okay, we found a place. Let's go get these screws. Yeah, they're closed now. Oh, perfect. Uh, when do they open? And what, yeah, I, it, so we went to this like literally middle of nowhere place called it was like Alberta Building Supplies, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, sure, we got the screws here. We have a box of two thousand. Is that enough for you?" <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, that'll be enough. But they're, they're like, "Do you have any smaller?" He's like, "No, that's it." So it was a box of two thousand of these fastening screws, and they worked perfectly. Um, but if anyone wants to buy them, we have about 1,900 left. It's <laughs> like we were using those screws for everything afterwards. Like I don't think that needs a screw. I'm screwing it. Like it's just use the screws. There's a huge box of screws we have for sale if you want them. Um, if yeah. Anyway, uh, are we moving into the the build you out? Go wherever you want. Oh, I don't. I just. I'm just thinking of like that night tearing out the mezzanine. Like I took a. I don't know. A week or two weeks, so I'm not going to show up again. <laughs> it's like I'm like this is not healthy. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I went deaf. My neck, I, my Cairo was happy that he saw me a couple times a week because my neck wasn't right. Um, but there is the whole idea was that they were going to move that beam. Oh, and then, <laughs> do you, like, and then I was like, okay, well then, then the contractors have the rest, right? Like, cool. Well, we don't have to do anything. I, I expect like the next time I walk into the 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 gym it's gonna look start looking yeah. like a gym <laughs> but it was like i came back and i was like what is it, it was when you used to were painting i can't remember it was it was bad it was super bad but that beam was a a nightmare too you mean the one they took out or put in? isn't it the same one yeah so the so the beam no, that no, the beam no. that jason's referencing so that cost a lot. so because we have a, a mess where the offices are there's that there was offices down below and that carried the weight of the mezzanine, but there was also a load carrying beam for the additional mezzanine that this woodworker had his tanning booth on. And so when they, when we took that out, that beam 
didn't need to be there but because we ripped out all the offices downstairs they needed to move that beam then underneath where the offices were to carry the load of the meds that was staying if you follow me that was the original plan then that wasn't going to work because the engineer said that wasn't going to work and so to to comply with yeah to comply with building code for the city you needed whatever certain thickness and whatever so they brought in this new beam and it was double the size and now impeded like the flow of the gym from front to back and we're like okay so what else can we do and they're like nothing (laughs) (laughs) and we said awesome okay so our whole floor plan that cat had laid out for us using like these you know virtual gym planning apps or whatever uh, that is completely out the window. <laughs> so we need to reconfigure our entire gym setup, which we're, we're still like four weeks away from even getting equipment in this place. But anyway, so that we're just like, okay, so that's a major headache that we have to have to overcome. So anyway, so we get that, we get that beam in and, uh, and, and then, yeah, we thought, okay, once that beam is in, like we're cooking, we're going to be in and like, they'll have everything done in like a week. And it certainly wasn't wasn't the case because we were just like okay they'll do that we'll start painting because to paint a picture this woodworking place again it was like 25 years old right it's only a woodworking shop this guy uh the walls so the drywall that existed was like a mustard yellow from like the sawdust and the whatever else that just kind of clung to the wall and the brick wall that is now beautifully painted gray drizzle um courtesy of cat was also like incredibly (laughs) incredibly uh discolored and and ugly and so we're like we have a lot of painting to do let's get that started um and then you know we'll be the painting will be done then we can get everything moved in blah blah blah. and i don't know do you guys want to jump into the the painting and how much how much painting (laughs) (laughs) so i went to went to the cloverdale paint shop um they're very helpful so I was like, hey, uh, we have this like 20 feet by 40 feet brick wall we have to paint. Um, and so what should we do? And so we bought primer. And uh, so it was like we, we, had, we had like a little like a little tub. Like we had like a little, what do they, what do they call it? Like a little, like one gallon. No, was it one gallon? It was a gallon of primer. And they were like, okay, we well, probably need like four of those to do prime the wall. And uh, I think we needed eight to prime it because of how much it actually took. And so we did one we did one coat of primer right on that wall, and then we went and got I went and got a five gallon tub of uh, of gray drizzle paint, and uh, and I was asking I was like so th- like this will go on easier than the primer right because we used uh, we we used more primer on that wall than than we have here and they were like well this is good for like seventeen hundred feet so. He's like, but probably a little bit less than that on that wall. But that should do the wall. Like, you should be able to get one coat on that wall for sure. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, and each one of these tubs is three hundred dollars, right? So, but long story short, we ended up spending at least one thousand dollars of paint on that one wall, on that one brick wall, which you look at, and you're like, that's actually doesn't look that bad. Yeah, that's a thousand dollars of just paint on that one wall. <laughs> Not the other ones, not anywhere else, just the one wall. Um, but one of my favorite sto- my favorite parts of the painting was realizing how hard it is to do well. Um, like you can paint, but how hard it is to actually make it not look like patchy and shitty, that's actually pretty hard. Um, I remember I was there several times on my own at night painting on the scissor lift, leaning off the scissor lift with a harness, with a harness, um, and painting the corners of the gym. 
like up in the corners at the 20 foot mark, like trying to get the corners because the roller didn't work. Uh, and actually during that time I developed a severe case of painter's peck, um, which anybody who's in painting will know what that means. Um, super common injury. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> although Kat did the most painting by far of anybody, she did not, uh, succumb to she this injury of painter's peck. So yeah. I don't think we can corroborate that claim from Michael. Yeah. At the beginning I ha I do have experience painting, unlike Michael, so I did know that it was going to be a challenge, but um, the ceilings are 25 feet tall, so <laughs> it took a lot longer, and yet at the beginning, Jason asked me if I liked painting, and I said I did, um, but <laughs> my answer has now changed, and I no longer like painting, so <laughs> that's where we're at with the painting. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, so amongst this amongst this whole thing, so there's um, there's lots of like so we're in there doing like anything that we can to you know because this is literally like a week ahead of time this is happening. This is like February twentieth that this is top happening right now. Yeah. Um, so if we just back up, we back up a little. Yeah, so actually, it probably a month ago, it, it probably God. was. Yeah, it probably <laughs> it was. So like we're in there doing what we can because like we realize that. These guys came late. They started late. We're behind schedule. So we're like, okay, tell us what we can do to help speed up this process. <clears throat> we'll stay out of the way of the subcontractors, but the place is crawling with subcontractors. You got electricians in there, plumbers, painters, tapers, which I found out was different than like a drywaller. Um, learned so much on this whole project. But anyway, I don't know if it, any, of it, any of it's like useful after this. But anyway, so we had this uh, one individual on the, on, the, on the job who was doing some taping after the drywall they put new drywall up he was taping and <clears throat> he was here one night and michael and i were here painting or doing building the wall i think and he was talking nice enough too. guy like talking to us and he's like okay hey, i'm done for the night i'm gonna take off and i said okay perfect are you uh, are you around on the weekend or are you, are you coming back next week he's like no i'm taking off for the weekend it was a long weekend so i was like yeah um didn't expect him to be here on the weekend but he's like i'll be back on tuesday because monday was a holiday i'll be back on tuesday okay, sweet man, have a good weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. We'll be here. And Tuesday rolls around and I'm there, I'm there by myself. Cause now it's like the final week before we open. Um, and so I'm there just doing stuff during the day. And then I would go to work and work with clients and someone else would come here and do work. And you just, we were just kind of trading off whenever we could. And I'm there on Tuesday and there's no taper. The guy who's like mudding the, mudding the walls and getting them all ready to paint. And so I contact the project manager. I was like, Hey, the, is the taper coming in today? Cause he, you know, he manages the project and, uh, he goes, uh, yeah, no, I haven't heard from him. And I said, okay, well we need to paint this wall because we need to open on Friday and it's now <laughs> Thursday. Tuesday, we need uh, to open on Thursday. Thursday. Uh, and it's now <laughs> Tuesday and I, we can't afford to lose another day because this guy's not here doing his job. And he said, okay, um, I'll contact him. I'll let you know. And I'm, this is all me texting from my phone on the scissor lift 15 to 20 feet in the air with a harness on um because i'm like i'm painting i'm here like painting as much as i possibly can and my next my next stop to paint is this wall that this guy's supposed to be working on and i get a text back like an hour later yeah he's not coming that's all he says and i said okay well i'm gonna paint the wall because it needs to be painted i don't care what it looks like uh it's not like it's not a big deal i'm just gonna paint it and and then also the bathroom needed to be painted <laughs> and so we start painting and then the the project manager says no 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 don't don't paint it it's going to look like it's going to look like trash if you paint it because there's only whatever 
Uh, and he said he's coming back tomorrow. And I said, well, tell him that he doesn't have to come back tomorrow because we're painting it. And unless there's other work for him to do, that like that wall is done now. And he said, okay. And so then that was that. I show up on Wednesday to the taper <laughs> here, like cursing under his breath, <laughs> smashing his tools around, loading up his work van. And I was like, oh, maybe like Mark told him that his, like the project manager told him that his, uh, he wasn't needed anymore. So I was like, okay, whatever. And I was just like, went about painting because that's what we were in the throes of at that point. And I paint as much as I can. And then I have to go back to the other facility to work with some clients. And I get back to our old location and there's a text from the project manager. Hey, call me. And so I called him and he's like, yeah, so the taper just quit. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, he just walked off the job because he said he felt disrespected. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm like, it, it was just, uh, I'm like, it was no disrespect meant. It was just the time constraints. And he said he was going to show up. He didn't show up. We needed to continue to do our thing. He's like, yeah, well, he's not coming back. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so what do we, where do we go from here? And he goes, well, I've been putting the calls out, but no one's answering the calls. Like I'm trying to see if anyone else is available. And I was like, okay, well, if not, that's fine. We'll just paint it as it is. It won't look as good. And he's like, all right, so just proceed, proceed with painting, I guess. And I was like, that's what I, that's what we plan to do. And then he ended up getting this Eastern European, this Polish guy actually, who showed up on site later that day when I came back. He was he walked in, and he's like, in his accent, here I'm here to tape. And one of the other subs, who's like, uh, he's just a general sub, I think, working on the job, goes. Uh, what are you what are you taping he goes i don't know <laughs> i was just told to show up <laughs> and so anyway he kind of directed him and that guy ended up being like a real good dude like just put his head down and worked and um and yeah it worked out it worked out fine but that one guy had a little uh had a little fit and quit and then i made sure not to step on this guy's toes and say hey i'm gonna paint this wall is it okay if i paint it um and the project manager's like yeah you can't you can't you can't offend those eastern european guys those uh those Canadian guys, he's like, some of those guys are pretty sensitive. <laughs> those those Polish guys don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, quick story with that Polish guy. My favorite memory. Um, I don't know when I showed up, what he was doing, but he was sanding, and he was sanding the ceiling um, to prepare it for painting. Uh, and, and for, any, for anybody who's used to the gym, uh, it's the, f the ceiling just above where the rowers are right now. And so he's, like, going along with his brush, sanding, sanding, sanding. <laughs> and then... Um, I was like, man, that's pretty dusty. <laughs> and he looks over at me. And you just, like, see his teeth and his eyes. Because <laughs> he's got, like, a white face going. Like, his face is caked in the sand <laughs> from the from the drywall. <laughs> and he's like, yes, very dusty. I hate, I hate sanding the most. <laughs> it was just nuts. It's like, this is so crazy. It's like he dipped his face in the paint. That's how much was on there. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know what point. I, I, I want you to tell the two stories. One about I'm definitely showing up on <laughs> by Saturday. That one. And then <laughs> the door breaking. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. How about the main guy? Oh, in the U-Haul. We can't leave the U-Haul. All right. So before we get into the actual move, this is this is great. This is going to be a long podcast. We should have put a disclaimer about that at the beginning. But anyway. So... Um, what did you want me? To, the first story? Oh, we're definitely coming. Oh yeah. So okay. So so everything's all, everything's on track. <laughs> oh. 
everything's on track now with the revised timeline. Um, cause now when, when I realized when I, when I talked to the project manager about, <coughs> Hey, we're now four weeks out. This is, this is actually a funny conversation. So I'm, I'm there doing some work this one morning, project managers there coming in, just scoping out the site, what's going on, seeing where they're at. And I said, Hey, uh, so just to be clear, um, uh, we're still, yeah, we're still on track. This is February 1st, actually. We're still on track for uh, us to be in on time, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, because we need to be in here on the 28th. That's four weeks from today. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I just realized that. I didn't know that was your timeline. And, I, <laughs> and this is just the, the beginning, the hint of how bad the communication was amongst, like, the general contractor and all the subs and i said okay he's like yeah but that won't be a problem four weeks lots of time i'm like okay but i want to have a week buffer so that we can make sure if there's any last minute items that need to be done we have a week to do them and we can get moved in if we can move in early great yeah oh four weeks that won't be a problem lots of time okay no problem fast forward we're now the day before we're supposed to open and the hvac guys so the heating ventilation and air conditioning guys need to do all of their work still <laughs> and they show up midday the day before we're two days before we're supposed to open and the whole time i'm like hey man to the project manager where are these hvac guys he's like i don't know they just keep not showing up i was like oh that's awesome should maybe try and find a new company to work with so the hvac for people who know is just the venting yeah it's just the venting like all the doctor work you see in the gym so anyway so they show up midday the two days before we open and i'm talking to the boss <laughs> And he's like, hey, man, yeah, sorry we couldn't get here earlier. You know, it's no one's fault. These things just kind of happen. And I'm just like, it's your fault, but <laughs> it's okay. Just I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want you to do your work, get it done, get out of here. And he goes, he's like, yeah, we're going to do as much as we can. We'll be here to 8 o'clock tonight, which they were, to their credit. But then he said, and we'll be here all weekend, every day on the weekend till 8 o'clock at night if that's what it requires to get this thing done by Monday so we can get the inspection passed on Monday and you guys can get occupancy on whatever. I was like, sweet. This guy's like, now he's on top. Maybe he was just busy. Maybe I just got to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I was kind of, I feel bad for kind of, you know, feeling the way I felt towards him before. So that was Friday. Saturday comes, no HVAC guys. Sunday comes, no HVAC guys. So contact the project manager. Um, yeah, sorry, no, we couldn't we couldn't make it in on Saturday. Um, we'll be there on Monday. Or, uh, sorry, on Sunday. Okay, Sunday comes, not here. <laughs> Project manager reaches out to the HVAC guy. Hey, are you guys coming in? So you'll be back on Sunday. And he says, this was this was an actual quote that was shared with me. Actually, I got a screenshot of the text. Sunday? No, I meant Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so we went from being there Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon, whatever day that was till eight o'clock and all weekend till eight o'clock if that's what was required to get the job done to us just kidding we're not showing back up until monday uh good luck with your opening dweebs it's basically what he said um so yeah so that was that was honestly one of the biggest headaches dealing with those guys the rest of the subs were all pretty good minus that taper quitting the job um then uh yeah so then we kind of get everything sorted we still don't have occupancy but we got to move the gym so yeah that was that was thursday we got we got all of our equipment in the gym. Yeah, so, so that like was that was Thursday. So then Friday night. night, we're taking everything off the wall at the old gym. So Jason and I are there taking the rig down off the, off the off the, the old gym. Cat and Mike are over here, um, doing work here. 
So we get it all down. We get everything kind of laid out. This is how we're going to load the U-Haul tomorrow to get everything over. We're going to go in two loads. Okay, perfect. So Mike goes, grabs the U-Haul. We're there. We're all ready to go. We load the rig. We load as much flooring as we need to surround the rig to get that in place and then load ergs and just all the random small stuff that can just be put to the side. So we load that up. Mike takes off to the gym, unloads it. Um, we're cleaning up the gym, getting other stuff sorted out. He comes back with the U-Haul. Actually, I think we all went over, unloaded it, came back with the U-Haul. And so then um, it's me, some very gracious clients of ours that decided to help, which I can't thank you guys enough, obviously. Um, we, if we haven't said that before, all the help we had was Super. critical. <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to move and get set up as fast as we did without all your guys' help. So thank you very much for that. So U-Haul comes back. Mike is there helping. I'm helping. Some clients helping. I think Kat and, Nick, uh, Kat and Jason are over here at this place getting things sorted out. And then um, Mike goes, I got to go back. I got to go meet the guy installing the rig. And I'll let Mike tell that rig story in a second here because that was a bit of a debacle as well. Uh, go figure. And then uh, – so anyway, so we – keep you loading the u-haul so essentially in the first load the u-haul it was the rig the ergs some matting and then like what like all light stuff like you know whatever medicine balls and stuff like that the second load is the entire gym flooring which is five eighths inch thick rubber stall matting five by seven sheets that weigh probably 200 200 pounds each i would say they're heavy probably pretty close Maybe not that heavy. It's awkward, man. It's so awkward. But anyway, they're heavy. And we have essentially a full gym of them, right? And then um, all of the dumbbells, all of the plates, all of the kettlebells, all the barbells, on top of office office uh, furniture, everything. That That's it. And the pull-up assist machine, which if you haven't seen the video on <laughs> Instagram, that thing was a mother. Um, so we get that all loaded up. And we get it loaded up. And the stall mats, literally, they're the last thing to go in. They're probably two feet from touching the ceiling of the of the inside of the U-Haul. The tires on the U-Haul are, f- like, are flattened. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're not, like, sitting on the rim flat. But, you know, when you, you have a lot of pressure on, like a, 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 like, a bike tire, a flat bike tire, that's what the U-Haul looked like. And so I was employed to drive it with our good friend and client, Rob, jumped in with me to take the second load and i thought for sure we were going to blow the transmission out of that thing <laughs> we were driving down stony trail which if you're in calgary you know what that is if not it's just like a ring road that goes around the city it's an easy way to get around uh it's, it's you know fairly busy wide little expressway and we we're coming down this small hill and the u-haul decided it wanted to engine brake and i thought that i was <laughs> I thought that the whole truck rattled so hard and it was just like, wee, you know, when you're revving super high and like the needles like buried, you can't even see it. And I'm like, and Rob's like, holy God, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and I was like, it's just engine brake. I'm trying to slow it down. So that, like the engine doesn't have such a hard time here. And it was like legit that happened three or four times where it just, it did that going down these, like not even big hills, but there's just so much weight pushing that thing. And we got there and it was like, holy shit, we made it. And so then we, it's really tight in the back. And so we get it like kind of Jimmy rigged. We Austin, Austin powers. Yeah. We Austin powers this thing in there and we're like, man, that's a pretty good job. And we open the overhead door yeah. as high as it goes. Cause we're like, okay, we need to back this truck into 
the gym a bit so we can like just save ourselves some work. So we opened the overhead door as far as we can back this truck in. And I was like, okay, this thing has to be returned by like four 30. It's what time we had 40. It was like 46 minutes. I was like, okay, we got 46 minutes to unload this truck. We essentially have a full gym in this thing minus, uh, the rig and some medicine balls. <laughs> and we're kind of, I kind of said it jokingly like, haha, you know? And we're like, Everyone who was here were like, all right, let's do it. And we had that thing unloaded with like six minutes probably to spare and gave Mike like an extra six minutes grace to get it back. So anyways, we get it unloaded, which was a tall task. Mike takes the U-Haul back. He's pulling out of the gym. And like I said, it's tight back there. And there's a power pole like right outside of like where our building ends. And Mike said, Kate, see you later. And, <laughs> and goes and hangs a, hangs a Larry to go down the alley but it's of course it's a dirt alley so it's like full of potholes and he hits this pothole with his back wheel and the whole truck like tips and he's like a foot from hitting this thing. I was like, from hitting this power pole I was like whoa 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 and he stops he's like what I'm like you're gonna hit that thing so then he has to like Austin Powers kind of around that pole and go he legit would have smashed the side of that U-Haul right into that power pole um, anyway so he gets out he goes drops the U-Haul off I shot you a text I was like hey how's it going yeah, oh, yeah. he goes how's it going over there and I said well the door won't close the overhead door won't close it's like middle end of february it's minus probably minus, it was actually a pretty nice weekend but it's still below zero and the overhead door is stuck open because it's such an old piece of shit <laughs> shit door <laughs> that if you raise it too high the cable that lifts the door up unravels itself off the spindle <laughs> so then it was stuck up there so instead of putting the gym in place we spent 90 minutes on the skyjack trying to wind like if you've ever wound uh like like a weed whacker or whippersnipper as we would say in pei whippersnipper twine around like a whippersnipper when it runs out that's what it's like but with metal cable and we had to figure out how to get that back on both spindles because it fell off both sides and so that was a 90 minute ordeal to get just to get the door shut and so then we got the door shut and we're like okay whatever let's just like get the hell out of here and <laughs> we'll do this tomorrow because we're clearly not getting our in, our city inspection or occupancy for tomorrow so okay. that was uh that was the overhead door in the u-haul story i want cat jason to tell some story about something so we got to clue this up at some point but um so like scott was saying um, at one point I left while they were loading the U-Haul and I had to go meet the guy to install the rig. And so I asked one of, uh, one of my clients who, um, she has lots of trades that works for her. And so I just, she just said, Hey, just send me a couple pictures of what you need done. Uh, and, and how it needs to be fastened to the walls and the floor and I'll send it out to the guys. And then if anyone feels like they're competent at doing it, then they'll just do it. And, uh, and then you can con- work with them and just pay them directly. They also yeah, and so the people I'm asking, like her husband actually helped us install a bunch of the add-ons to the to the rig we had at the old gym. And so I took a picture of the rig as it was set up at the old place, and I took like close-up pictures. Here's the bolts. Here's how it's fastened to the ground, to the wall, everything. And then this two guys contacted me, and then the first guy to contact me, um, I, I just gave him a call and said, okay, this is good. Can you come at this time, this date? No problem. He's like, yeah, cool, awesome. And I, I messaged him again like, five days prior saying, Hey, can you please, I like, I just need you to confirm that you are coming on Saturday, that you have things you need. Like, what do you need for this? Like we can buy it ahead of time or we can pick it up at the time. Like just we, like we, this needs to be done on Saturday. 
Anyway, so show up, uh, meet him. It's like, all right, let's start getting this rig in. And mind you, at this point, the gym is literally a circus. Um, there's, it's not like organized. It's a circus. There's just stuff everywhere. So we're moving things, moving equipment, moving dumbbells, moving boxes. And HVAC equipment, and HVAC equipment that still hasn't been installed just to try to put the first like uh, support of the rogue rig down. Um, anyway, so that day, um, we got zero things up. For two hours, it was basically, so the way it worked, it was a two-hour lecture of me explaining to him how the rig is going to go on the wall. And so I paid $100 to teach him how to put the ring on the wall. He didn't, bring he didn't, he didn't have any tools. <laughs> he didn't have any of the equipment needed. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I'm pretty sure I sent you what it looks like and what needs to be done to fasten this. What's happening? Anyway, so I was super nice because I'm like, listen, uh, I we we probably don't have time to find another guy, but we probably should have used this this other group of people that I was also working with. But anyway, so that was two hours of like nothing happened just then, literally nothing. We didn't like we we tried to screw it into the wall, like broke his drill bit or whatever, and then <laughs> it was just like, okay, can you come back tomorrow? No, that didn't work. So he came back on Monday, and. I think I think it ended up taking him because I paid him for like ten hours, so it was two hours on Saturday of n literally nothing happened, um, and then on mo Monday he came back. I was there with him for six hours, from probably four till ten, and we got I think we got two or three of the rigs up. I think we got three of the rigs up, three of the racks, and then he came back again on Tuesday, and we put the last rack up and the gun racks uh, for the bars. Um, but like, yeah, it should have taken, well, I remember the first time they did it, they probably put the three squat racks up in three hours because they knew what they were doing. Uh, and I don't even know what I was doing, but they were like, this is how you're going to have to fasten this. This is back in 2012. They were like, this is how you're going to have to do this. Bzz, 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 done. That's how it was. And then this was just not that. So like one of the, if you, if you ever come to our gym and you look like, look at the first pull up bar. And look just behind the first like arm of the rig, and there's two holes <laughs> in the wall. Well, there's four holes in the wall because they had to be moved because he put them in wrong. So, for example, this I, if I remember correctly, the, the racks are like 43 inches apart. So I was like, hey, you know, if the front of the rig is 43 inches apart, the back of the rig should probably also be 43 inches apart. And the back was 41 inches apart. And the and the leg was forty one inches apart. So I'm like, do you not see that it's like twisted? Like, because <laughs> he had one put in on his own. And I go, what is happening here? Like, do you, what am I doing? Like, this is nuts. And he he had that done, and we had to take it off. And I go, I just paid him a hundred dollars to do nothing, to go like this is nuts. So. uh that took twice as long and was twice as expensive as it should be. And I ran. I, what, I remember. I remember going to Home Depot when I was over there, and Scott was like, "Oh yeah, um, so yeah, he's just gonna get the stuff from uh, his warehouse and then get the equipment he needs, and he's gonna come back the next day." So yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, you can come back to the gym. <laughs> you don't need to go to Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. So the rig. We had the rig up and stood up on. Saturday, the day that we moved it, because the guy was supposed to come and install it, and it was supposed to be like four hours, have the rig installed, and that was it. So we had the rig 
standing erected against the wall. We had the matting around it, being like, okay, this is where the footing needs to go. The mat fits perfectly around it. All you have to do is literally anchor it in the floor, anchor it on the wall. And then this whole debacle that Mike just talked about, he couldn't do it on Saturday. And so it literally just stood against the wall, <laughs> not secured to the floor, not secured to the wall. And there's subs in there still, subcontractors in there doing their work, HVAC guys mainly. Um, and so I had to be very clear with the project manager. Hey, make sure you tell those donkeys not to be pulling <laughs> on those pull-up bars because they're literally pulling on top of their head and kill themselves. <laughs> and he said, no, I'll let them know because they were – there were, there was other days in there where they were like trying to pick up sandbags and stuff like the 200 pounder and i'm like you can't be doing that oh and no, i do strongman stuff i'm like yeah okay yeah clearly my tools are heavy uh, yeah okay anyway so yeah so then whatever we get the rig in final push hvac guys get their stuff done on monday we get they have to do final inspection we get our inspection on wednesday so our final inspection from the city to get uh, occupancy so we can move in and actually operate there out of there as a business. We could be in there. We just couldn't be operating as a business until we get this final approval. So they come that afternoon. Yep. It's all good. We get approval and we're like, okay, so this circus that Mike referenced earlier of a gym, that's like, there's literally just shit everywhere. We have to start getting this stuff in place because tomorrow's go time. So we're like, okay, so this is like, I don't know, one thirty, one. Yeah three in the afternoon yeah. and we're like okay let's uh let's get after it and so we just start putting stuff away like plates and barbells and dumbbells and flooring the flooring was a big one all the flooring had to be cut to size and in place and jason and i did a lot of that and cat did a lot of that um and then just getting everything kind of situated where it needed to go and so we were there kind of crushing it for that last afternoon, evening, and Mike sends a text to his wife or calls her at one point and jokingly says, she's like, how's it going? He said, I'll see you at midnight. This was probably like 5, 6 p.m. Yeah. And we walked out of the gym at what, 1130? <laughs> that night, we we didn't have the, we didn't hang any of the stuff yet, right? Um and jason's like i was like okay i'm just and jason's like no <laughs> let's go home we'll get that stuff up later and i was like yeah it's probably a good call so we pack up at like 11 11 30 turn the lights off head home and then we couldn't even talk oh dude point. yeah it was like we were like yeah inebriated with fatigue yeah yeah is it actually quite funny how how fast the intellectual decline happens <laughs> the longer you're in that place um yeah we were just like absolutely just <laughs> yeah there's there was not much going on up there by the time we left uh 11 on on that was wednesday wednesday night wednesday, yeah. and then we opened thursday morning and good old rob corson was the first guy in the door at eight o'clock um and then uh yeah i had clients that day which in hindsight I probably shouldn't have had like any clients in there because there's still lots to do we had it open enough that you could like come in and work out um but there's just so much going on that you know we <laughs> we probably could have like push not yeah push it another week for sure but yeah jason what were we doing two days later what, quarterfinals prep thing so <laughs> Our prep we we all we were at the gym cl cl opening it cleaning it till 11 30 i think the final workout for the open dropped the next day so uh, yeah. so we had people wanting to do the open workout and or over at uh, another gym so i was over there and then saturday morning bright was it or was it saturday, 
Saturday we Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon yeah we started running a prep camp for our our clients who were going to make it to the quarterfinals for this year so that was two days we had Instead, still had the skyjack in the background of everything. <laughs> Every picture has skyjack on it. Um, <laughs> there was plastic poly hanging from the ceiling in the corners where they were redoing the plumbing. It was oh, just yeah. Another yeah. story. Okay. Okay. How how we could have left that out would be yeah. We can't leave that out. So downstairs. Going back to the demo, it was all offices. It was all drop ceiling. So if you don't know what that is, it's like the tile ceiling that sits in these little like rails. Yeah. You'll see, you've seen it in like basements and other in other places. So we had to take all that out when we were ripping out the offices. The one existing bathroom, the big bathroom downstairs, was a bathroom. It stayed as is, but there was a lunchroom on the on the south side of that, and that all came out. And when we took out the drop ceiling, there was like plumbing that was running underneath that drop ceiling underneath the, the joists of the the mezzanine so that's all fine the mezzanine comes out the, all those offices come out the mezzanine comes down and the contractor says mezzanine is out the beam is in we're good to go we just gotta drywall the new bathroom and do some touch-ups and then we're basically done and i was like sweet and then i show up to do some painting or whatever we were doing and I look and that plumbing is exposed and it's like not like nice tucked away it's like black plumbing that's all like scarred up because it's been there for 25 years copper piping it's like literally crisscrossing running all over the place it looks terrible and i said hey are you guys moving this stuff and i sent him a picture and he goes nope and i said oh okay um he goes you could just paint it it won't look as bad that's what he said <laughs> it'll it'll blend in with the wall a bit yeah and i said I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I want I want to get the plumbing moved. And so I text Michael and I said, hey, we got to get this moved. It looks terrible. And he's like, okay. He's like, what's that going to cost? Because now it's like everything, everything, like you get a quote and it's not actually what it costs. It actually costs more than that. We've come to learn. But um, I was like. It's just a suggested. Cost. Yeah, it's a suggested cost. <laughs> um, if you guys were to do it, this is how much it would cost. <laughs> but we're doing it. So it's going to be double. Um, so. He's like, I was like, I don't care. Just give me a quote and let me know. And he's like, okay, it's gonna, it's not gonna be cheap. And I was like, it's not staying like that. It looks terrible. It looks unfinished. So, whatever. We decided to do it. And he said we can't do it before you guys open because if the ceiling's open, we won't get occupancy. The ceiling has to be closed. So we're gonna have to get occupancy on Wednesday and start it on Wednesday after you get occupancy or Thursday the next day. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. He's like, won't take long. We'll get it up. It'll be like a few days. Okay, so it literally occupied, if you're here at our gym now, it occupied the corner where the fountain is and where the med balls are and the GHDs. And so we were open the first week. It was still a construction zone because they had that curtained off with plastic. So it wasn't really curtained. It was plastic that they taped around the area that they were working. And there's power tools cutting through plumbing and water was shut off and bathrooms were out of use for like a couple hours. And it was just like, it was just, it was just a debacle but all because they plan to leave plumbing exposed that literally is plumbing running from toilets over a water fountain that's going to be downstairs. I'm like, I'm not having plumbing that runs from a bathroom upstairs to a main drain line over where someone's filling up their water. I understand that it's an enclosed pipe, but it just doesn't seem right to me. (laughs) 
And so we got it moved up into the floor joists. And that literally, so that's why the Skyjack was here for so long because those guys needed it to do the work in there. Um, and so that was like another, we opened on Thursday. They were here until the following Friday. Oh, yeah. So another week and a bit before like they were out of here. And so there's drywall dust everywhere. There's copper pipe shavings everywhere. There's power tools going off all the time. So it was a, I don't know if it was a pleasant experience for people working out in here that first week. I would suggest and assume no, um, but the work is done. And there's obviously there's still some small stuff that we're picking away at, but it functions. It's basically just cosmetic stuff now or things that we want to do to kind of decorate the place a little bit. But yeah, we were very friendly with that Skyjack by the end. I was actually kind of sad to see it go because actually they finished the job on Friday, but the Skyjack didn't get picked up until Monday or Tuesday. So the Skyjack was here for like two weeks after we had opened, no, 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 basically. The Skyjack was here till Wednesday. The Skyjack left like the Wednesday before the quarterfinals because Lindsay wanted to hang a rope. <laughs> she got a different one, though. I know. But she thought she she was like, hey, can we hang this rope? And I was like, Lindsay... Uh, the Skyjack left today. They took it. And so Lindsay ended up <laughs> renting a Skyjack uh, on her own and having the guy come and drop it off on uh, on Wednesday. So I, this must have been Tuesday. She, they dropped it off on Wednesday morning, and the guy backed up. He's like, all right, I'll be back. And I said, no, 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 you don't need to go anywhere. I'm going to be in this thing for five minutes, and you can take it back. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I literally just need to hang that rope and you can take it back on your truck and leave. And I did. I went up there and hung the rope with the chains and everything. And Lindsay's just looking on laughing, going, probably thinking, what am I doing? This is <laughs> as she, she's thinking to herself, I'm his most high maintenance client. No questions asked. Um, and yeah, and it took me five minutes and I brought it back to the guy and he goes, yeah, you're a man of your word. That was, that wasn't very long. And he loaded it back up and left. So I think she paid $300 for 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you have any clo- do you have any do you have any closing comments you want to make? Yep. This this gym is gonna die in this location. <laughs> we are never moving a gym again. That's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing. Never in my life will I do this again. It was the busiest time of my life, hands down, by far. Like I'm talking. Here we had it. kids in hospitals. Yeah, we, seriously. We I've had kids yeah. in hospitals. This is. This yeah, is arguably the stress top. level related to this, but is, it it parallels that. Is like, this is nuts. But like literally here or at the other gym at eight and going home at like eight thirty, and then doing my programming for the day. Yeah. Every day for three and a half, four weeks on that final push. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So never, never again are we moving the gym. Yeah, I can only thank my wife for uh, putting up with me and going, yeah, um, after I'm after I'm finished. Uh, no, we're going to leave the lockers out of this. Uh, <laughs> the lockers are just going to do their thing. Um, yeah, so basically think about how long this podcast has been. That's how long it took the lockers to be done, and they're still they're, they're not even done yet. Uh, they're the thing that won't be finished. Um, yeah, I don't like, like Scott said, uh, all of us, we just had our regular lives and jobs to do. And then we just decided to add 20 to 30 hours of work a week yeah. to that. Um, that yeah. And I, like my life already is on the edge of, I don't know how much more I can do. Like I'm really on the edge, um, of what I can tolerate. And then, so adding that into it, just literally 
almost killed me. <laughs> it like that that's that was the limit of my ability. And I I literally I said to Scott the other day, I was like I f- I lit like I would feel like I would drive home and I would sit down on my couch like only recently and I would just fall asleep. <laughs> I was like I can't even stay awake. I go home and I just go like I can't, I can't and like this has never happened to me before in my life and I finally feel like I'm sort of coming out of this fog which I feel like I've been in for months um yeah but like Scott or sorry Kat and Jason from me and Scott we thank you guys so much for all the help you gave us there's no chance in hell we could have ever gotten it done without you two no way <laughs> like there's no there's no chance um yeah, I'd still be painting for sure. I'd have no pack. I'd have fully ruptured packs and motivators. Um, yeah, so once again, thank you so much.